Welcome back to the Bracketologist podcast. I'm your host, Ben Walnick. This podcast brought to you by Let It Fly Media. Um, exciting podcast today, not only because of the subject matter, but also our guest. We have Rabbi Mark Kaiserman, who was my rabbi for my bar mitzvah and for my wedding. He is joining us from Forest Hills, New York City, uh, stuck in quarantine for now, what seems like probably forever, Mark. Um, we appreciate you being here. Just a little bit about Mark as our subject today will be Steven Spielberg movies. I could not think of a better movie expert that I know. His his passion is movies, even though his career is being a rabbi. He's seen far too many movies, including all of the AFI Top 100. He's seen every Oscar winner in every major category. And he's currently watching every Star Wars movie and TV show in chronological order because that's what you do in quarantine. His biggest accomplishment, he lists as being the rabbi for my bar mitzvah and my wedding, and I appreciate that. Mark, thanks for joining us. How's it going? Glad to be here, Ben. Um, we were just talking um, off camera before we started this. This A nice distraction for you in New York City, out of anywhere in the country, uh, strict quarantine going on, and uh, this is kind of a nice distraction for you. Oh, I mean, I've seen every Steven Spielberg movie, and it was nice to revisit them although a lot of the ones that i haven't revisited by watching it's because they're not very good but uh the ones that are great i've seen so many times it's great to just think about them again awesome well we have 33 movies on the list so we only have one play-in matchup i'm not going to list all of the movies you'll hear their names as we go through them again how this works it's mark's job to convince me of what should advance ultimately um, i was the seeder even though rotten tomatoes in this case that's how we have the seedings for all the spielberg movies um, but i will be the judge and the jury on this so ultimately i will be choosing who wins each matchup and the champion but a lot of this i'm going to lean on mark's expertise because he has seen every movie on this list i'm a big movie buff and i've seen the majority of these movies but not every single one especially some of the older ones so we will go rapid fire through these first matchups, and then once we get to the Sweet 16, we'll go a little bit more in depth. So our first one here, which was really surprising to me that this was all the way down at the bottom of the list, it's personally one of my favorites, probably because when it came out in the early 90s, I was only eight, nine years old when this came out. The movie Hook against 1941, which is one of the movies on the list that I haven't seen. I know kind of a little bit of a failure for Spielberg after Jaws trying to do a comedy here. Mark, what do you think about Hook versus 1941? I think Hook is a very underrated film. It's a lot of fun. It's stupid, but it's fun. And what a great cast. 1941 is an utter disaster by Spielberg. There's nothing redeemable about it. Even with John Belushi starring in it, he and Dan Aykroyd flew back and forth from New York while they were filming Saturday Night Live and while they were completely blasted out on coke. So, and it shows on the screen. So <laughs> Hook definitely beats 1941. Yeah, and honestly, I'm kind of upset that Hook is going to have to lose in the, the real first round here because it is now our worst seat on the bracket. And I, looking at this list, even with movies I've seen, I'd probably have this in front of five to 10 movies on this list. I love Hook personally. Robin Williams, really underrated performance. Weird Julia Roberts performance. You know, Tinkerbell, kind of the weird part of that movie for sure. But Dustin Hoffman as Hook. Um, I love that movie, but uh, you can't beat E.T. E.T.'s our number one overall seed. Again, all these rankings by Rotten Tomatoes score and E.T. will make a deep run in, in this tournament, I'm sure. Uh, I think E.T. has a chance to go all the way. It is ranked number one. But E.T., one of the most phenomenal movies of all time. Uh, 
Hook's a fun movie. It's a good watch. You shouldn't put it away. It's unfortunate it's now the last ranking, but E.T. stomps on it all day long. Perfect. All right, so E.T., official winner of our 1 versus 32 seed. Let's move on to number 16, Temple of Doom versus number 17, The Color Purple. I admittedly have not seen The Color Purple. That's probably a shame on me moment, and I'm sure you'll give me a few of those in this podcast. Temple of Doom, probably my least favorite Indiana Jones movie out of the first three. Uh, we'll get to Indiana Jones for, uh, I don't even remember the title, Kingdom of the Crystal Skull or whatever that is. We'll talk about that one later. Um for me personally, it would be Temple of Doom because I haven't seen The Color Purple and I still think all of the Indiana Jones movies in the original trilogy are great. That's my choice. What do you say? Well, I love The Color Purple. I was fascinated by it as a kid. Uh, Whoopi Goldberg and Oprah Winfrey making their uh, film debuts. And even though they're now household names in many other ways, they are brilliant acting. And Danny Glover is amazing. But it's a very controversial film. It got nominated for 11 Academy Awards and lost all of them. Spielberg did not get nominated for Best Director. Uh, it's a very controversial film. It still holds up. Temple of Doom is so much fun. It is completely racist and misogynist. But Spielberg did meet his wife on the set of that. And Short Round is a lot of fun. Plus, we learned about ripping people's hearts out of their chests from it. So I think you'd go either way. I would go Color Purple, but... I don't have a complaint if you go Temple of Doom. Um, let's go Temple of Doom just because I have seen it and I am the bracketologist and hosting this podcast, but I completely respect that. I probably need to see Color Purple um, at some point in my life. Uh, we'll go Temple of Doom there. Number nine, a newer movie, Bridge of Spies, um, one of many movies uh, that we'll have on here with some big stars like a Tom Hanks. And this is going against number 24, War of the Worlds, which I know recently... Um, recently has had you know a lot of people that have kind of said that's maybe an underrated Steven Spielberg movie. Uh, what do you think here on this one, number nine, verse 24? Well, Bridge of Spies is really boring. I mean, Tom Hanks is great at one best supporting actor, but it's boring. Uh, War of the World is, for me, the worst Steven Spielberg movie, barely nudging out 1941. I just think War of the World is an awful, terrible film, and there's no redeeming... It has nice big things that blow up, but uh, I don't like particularly either film very much, but Bridge of Spies at least is a nice adult film to watch. War of the Worlds is just silly. Okay, let's go with that then. So moving on, Saving Private Ryan, our eight seed, versus one of the few animated films for Steven Spielberg, The Adventures of Tintin. Um I, I don't think that we need to spend much time at all on this unless you would like to talk about Tintin in any way. Tintin was all right. It wasn't great. It was all right. Yeah. It was, it was, I think I watched it once. It was entertaining, fun, but um, I don't think anyone will be talking about that um, uh, when we're looking over the career in general at the end of Steven Spielberg's career. Um, Agreed. So Saving Private Ryan, don't need to spend much time there. Uh, number five, Catch Me If You Can versus number 28, The Twilight Zone. Well, Twilight Zone, the movie, may be best known for murdering three people uh, in a helicopter accident for sloppy stunt work. Um, Spielberg did part of the film, not all of the film, but the murdering part came from John Landis, uh, the director of Animal House. Uh, Catch Me If You Can is, to me, one of the most underrated Steven Spielberg films. Uh, Tom Hanks and Leonardo DiCaprio are both exceptional in it. It is a lot of fun. Amy Adams is great in it. If you've never seen Catch Me If You Can, 
that's what you should be watching for just a great, fun, breezy, enjoyable uh, film. Plus, they made a very nice musical out of it, too. So Twilight Zone definitely is a loser here. Yeah, I, 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 we'll talk more about that. Uh, catch me if you can, I'm sure, in future matchups. Um, really, really great performance um, by everyone in this movie. Um, I really like that you... It feels like a lot of different movies together because of the different lives that Leonardo DiCaprio is portraying in that, you know, whether you're in the South in New Orleans um, or he's being a doctor, he's being a lawyer, you know, jumping all around, uh, plus Christopher Walken. I mean, anytime you get a Christopher Walken performance, I am pro uh, that. So we'll talk more about that later. Number 12, Lincoln versus number 21, Amistad. This is an interesting one because uh, even though Lincoln has a high Rotten Tomato score, you talk about a little bit boring at times. I feel like this one kind of dragged. Oh, for sure. But I loved Lincoln. I thought it was really exceptionally put together. Uh, Amistad, on the other hand, is okay. I mean, again, Spielberg directing African-Americans leads to a lot of controversy in the result. Uh, I mostly think of Anthony Hopkins' giant sideburns playing John Quincy Adams in it as the star of the movie. Uh, they're both nice adult films, but Lincoln is clearly the superior adult film. All right. I, I, I think I can go with that. Um, they're both pretty long movies, um, definitely some of the longer ones on this list. Uh, but I, I, I think we probably know what's going to advance in that next matchup between Lincoln and Catch Me If You Can. But um, I, I did enjoy Lincoln. I don't think it's one that I'm going to be rewatching very often, but I did think it was very well performed. Um, and obviously, um, when you get Daniel Day-Lewis in a movie, it's um, it's always going to be something that's really good. Um, the Post is our number 13 seed, which is, it might be the most recent movie on this list, or the second most recent, against number 20, uh, big, uh, I almost said big picture. It is a big picture, but Best Picture nominee, War Horse here. Uh, maybe the weakest Best Picture nominee for Steven Spielberg. What do you think about those two? You know, Steven Spielberg really likes making serious adult films in the latter part of his career, even though the big adventure fantasy films that he made as his first five, six films are what makes him Steven Spielberg that everybody loves and will remember. Uh, the Post is okay. He loves working with Tom Hanks. Uh, Meryl Streep on the screen at the same time is nice. Post was a good film. I enjoyed it. War Horse was not as good. How it got Best Picture is beyond me. The play War Horse was fantastic and totally captivating with these paper mache puppet-like horses, but War Horse, the movie, was not very good. So The Post, I think, um, a relatively easy winner there. Um, again, neither of those movies are, would be going very far in this bracket, especially when you look at our next matchup, which will be the matchup in the next round for The Post. Close Encounters is our four seed against our 29 seed Always. I haven't seen Always. I'll let you say one line about Always, and we can go a little bit deeper on Close Encounters in the next round because pretty much no matter what you say, I'm advancing Close Encounters here. Always is uh, based on an old movie called A Guy Named Joe, and uh, it is not good at all. It is super boring. There's nothing really redeeming about it. All right. It could be against pretty much any other film on this list except maybe 1941, and it would lose. Fair enough. I think we can move on to the other side of the bracket to finish our first round. So we're halfway through this. Let's go to uh, number two, Jaws versus Vince Vaughn's Jurassic Park 2. Uh, I don't think we need to spend much time here. We're going to talk about the Jurassic Park um, 
IP and not only the trilogy, but now we have another trilogy off of that IP. Um, we can talk a little bit more in depth about that when we talk about Jurassic Park, which is obviously a better seed in this bracket. Um, and we'll be going deep on Jaws as we get deeper because I have a feeling Jaws will make a deep run in this bracket. Is there anything you would like to say before we send off Jurassic Park 2? You know, they're both very similar films about giant monsters chasing you. But Jaws is Jaws and Jurassic Park 2 is a lost world. Jurassic Park is a really mediocre sequel and shocking that Spielberg directed the sequel instead of just putting it off to one of his lackeys. Yeah, I, I, I would agree. Um, J I, you see it on, on cable a lot and, um, you know, it holds up. It's still, it's good. Um, but I, I maybe deserves to be better than the 31 seat in this bracket. Um, but it's definitely not anywhere in the realm of Jaws. All right, number 15, Duel, which I know is his famous TV movie um, that really helped kick off his career, versus our 18 seed, the forgotten, or I wish forgotten, Indiana Jones movie, uh, Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, Indiana Jones 4. That's our 18 seed. What do you got? Well, you know, when I was watching the first three Indiana Jones trilogy growing up, I said to myself over and over again, how come aliens aren't the bad guys in one of these films? That's really what we're missing right now is more aliens. And he fulfilled that in Indiana Jones 4 and made just a terrible, terrible movie. It has great actors in it. They're giving it their all. Shia LaBeouf, as always, gives everything to a performance. But it, from start to finish, it is not an enjoyable film. And it mostly was me watching my childhood be crushed under the boot of a Nazi the whole film. So... How it's an 18 seed baffles me. It is, it, it, again, it could be up against almost anything, and I would uh, happily see it lose. But against Duel, Duel's a definite winner. I feel like critics gave this a positive review just out of being nostalgic. Like, oh, Harrison Ford's back to Indiana Jones. I'm just happy that happened, even if the movie sucked. Um, because it did. Because I definitely didn't walk into that theater saying, man, I really want to see Harrison Ford surf on giant ants. But you know what? That's what we got. Um, <laughs> we'll talk a little bit more about Duel in the next matchup because, you know, other than seeing the Steven Spielberg documentary on HBO and seeing some clips and some stories about Duel, I don't know much about that movie, and I'd be interested to hear a little bit more from you, but we'll do that in the next matchup. Uh, our 10-seed minority report against the BFG, another um, interesting one and more recent movie um, for me. Uh, I don't think we need to spend much time on this because I think Minority Report, especially if you're looking at the um, post-mid-90s career for Steven Spielberg and everything that's been done from 2000 on, Minority Report for me would be up there in the top tier of what he's done. Well, BFG is not going to win, so we could talk about Minority Report later. I'm a huge animation fan, and I found the BFG just draggy the whole time. I read the book by Rob Dahl as a kid, uh, it's a fun book. It's not the best Road Dahl book, uh, but it just doesn't work the way he does it. I don't think Spielberg has it in him to direct animated movies. That's just not his skill. Just like West Side Story, which uh, is supposed to be coming out this year, uh, I don't think he has it in him to direct musicals. He can direct a lot of different things, but not everything. And the BFG was uh, pretty slow and draggy. Uh, uh, we'll talk more about Minority Report, but it definitely yeah. beats the BFG. 
Um, to be 100% honest, I started the BFG at some point in the last few years, and I think I made it 15 minutes in, and I just switched to something else. That's So when you're talking yeah. about boring, um, I think that's the definition of that. Uh, the next matchup here, so Minority Report moves on. That's our 10 seed. Uh, our 7 seed, Jurassic Park, which is shocking to me that this was the 7 seed. But again, when you see the Elite 8 that we'll have for Steven Spielberg movies, maybe it should be the 7 seed. Um, that goes up against our 26 seed, AI, which I admit I have seen, but I don't remember. It was pretty forgettable, um, at least for me. What do you got here? Well, AI, artificial intelligence, when I saw it at the time, I remember that after the first like third of the movie, I thought this was a pretty good movie. And after two thirds of the movie, I thought this is an okay movie. And after the whole movie, I thought this movie was not good. Uh, it just got worse and worse as the movie went on, as he changed the different characters that it was focused on. I think it was Jude Law in the first part, and he was very entertaining. This is Haley Joel Osment trying to make a career for himself. You haven't seen Haley Joel Osment in anything in the last 20 years, and this might be part of the reason why. Uh, AI just is, is, it ends so badly and poorly. It, it, but it's up against Jurassic Park, so some Tyrannosaurus Rex are going to rip its head off. And I would see a movie where Haley Joel Osment gets his head ripped off by a Tyrannosaurus Rex. That, to me, seems like a good time. Are you saying that you haven't seen the Entourage movie where Haley Joel Osment is basically the bad guy as a the son of a giant movie executive that wants to sleep with actresses and is mad at Vinny Chase? Oh, yes. I had, I had forgotten about that. <laughs> um, yeah, we don't need to spend much time on that matchup. Let's keep flying on the first round. Jurassic Park advances. Um, six seed Raiders of the Lost Ark versus 27 seed Empire of the Sun. Again, haven't seen Empire of the Sun. I know this is young Christian Bale's coming out party, basically, um, and is was really surprising to see it as a 27 seed because I know it had critical acclaim, but I guess not that much critical acclaim with the Rotten Tomatoes score. Um <laughs> But I, I also don't think we need to spend much time on this other than any few thoughts you have on Empire of the Sun before it goes off into uh, the sunsets on Empire of the Sun, we'll say. I happened to catch it uh, as I was flipping channels a few weeks ago. And so I watched the rest of the movie, about half of it. And Christian Bale is very, very good in it. And John Malkovich, as always, is very, very good in it. And the cinematography is really beautiful, this war-torn land and the, the score is really beautiful but it's a bit it's a little bit draggy at times but i really liked empire of the sun but not compared to raiders of the lost ark no no competition here the fact that you have a mainstream director that's around right now that did a recut of raiders of the lost ark in black and white with no sound and people watched it i think it tells you a lot about that movie um yeah. Let's do uh, Steven Soderbergh, by the way, if you didn't know. Look it up. Uh, 11, Sugarland Express, one of his first full-length movies um, versus one of his most recent 22-seed Ready Player One. Um, I'll admit, and this may be a shame on me, I haven't seen Sugarland Express, seen it as the 11-seed. Maybe I probably should. I did see Ready Player One. I was excited for it. I did not read the book, but um, was really intrigued by the trailer. It was fun, but I, I think it was a pretty flawed movie, and um, it... it Probably is not going to hold up against Sugarland Express, but I'd like to hear your thoughts because you've seen both these movies. Yes. So Ready Player One, I read the book and adored it. I thought it was a fantastic book. Um, and the movie, as so often happens, was very, very disappointing. Uh, it, it was okay. 
It wasn't a terrible movie. It was just okay. It didn't have the majesty and fantasy world that Spielberg is supposed to be able to create and created in the first half of his career. He was not able to create it in this. Uh, Sugarland Express uh, is all right. Uh, Goldie Hawn, it might be her best performance as an actress. He didn't quite get movies. I think this is his first feature film. Uh, he didn't quite get how to make a movie and end a movie. He mostly wanted to do it because of the big police chase in it. He wanted to have be in charge of all those cars doing it. This was actually my hardest choice of any of the initial rounds. I really don't care which one wins. It's going to be stomped all over by Raiders of the Lost Ark uh, uh, in the next round. So, Ben, be my guest. I will not be hurt or offended, whichever one you choose. Um, I think there will probably be more listeners, maybe, that um, will be upset if we don't go with one of his originals that got him on the map with Sugarland Express. And I'm fine with that because I was underwhelmed by Ready Player One. The Quick side conversation. Do you think he overall, um, after really... I guess you could look at Jurassic Park and Minority Report, you know, after maybe the early 2000s, once you're getting to AI and beyond, that he has struggled in the new CGI age to grasp that with his storytelling? Absolutely. I mean, he, he innovated so much in his first film, but he didn't do it with CGI. And then he did do it with Jurassic Park, which is now already into his career quite a bit. He was able to make CGI. He defined a lot of what CGI is and what he could do with those dinosaurs. But then everybody else caught up to him and passed him a lot. And he just can't tell the same fantasy stories he could when he was younger. It's really disappointing because we know how good of a storyteller, and especially an original storyteller, he can be with some of his movies. I mean, Jurassic Park was based on a book, obviously. But, um, yeah, he just hasn't been able to mix the two. Uh, it's either, even if the visuals are really, really good, the the story falls through. And then when you have a really, really good story on some of his movies, the, the visuals aren't quite there. Um, so that's been disappointing, but um, maybe a conversation for another day. Let's talk about The Last Crusade, um, which is probably my second favorite Indiana Jones movie. It's up there right with Raiders for me um, against Munich. Um, both of these involve Nazis. Um what do you think here? This I know this uh, these two. This is probably a, a really interesting conversation to be talking to a rabbi about. What do you got? Well, Munich wasn't quite Nazis. It was uh, Jew haters and anti-Semites, but takes place a little later in, in the Olympics. Uh, I thought both films were great. When I saw them, and I checked back on what my scores were when I originally saw these films and rated them on IMDb years ago, and I loved both of these films. I thought they were great. But the main thing with Spielberg for me is he makes two kinds of films if they're good. They're prestige films that everybody loves and thinks are brilliant, has great acting performances in them, and everybody talks about as genius. And he makes the films we watch 50 or 60 times over the course of our lifetime. I would watch Last Crusade a million times before I would sit down and actually sit through Munich again, which was a great film, but I just don't want to watch it again. Yeah. So Last Crusade may be a flawed film, but it's got Sean Connery being outstanding in it and memorable in it. And Munich, who remembers the details of it? It was good. I mean, it was really, really good. Yeah. But I'm not going to watch it again. So on rewatchability, Last Crusade beats Munich for sure. Hey, and, and for me, um, I would have Last Crusade probably in my top 10 if I was just ranking Spielberg movies. I, I think the interactions between Harrison Ford and Sean Connery is some of the the best and most rewatchable of all Spielberg things. Um, 
and, and definitely in that trilogy. Um, you know, I say Last Crusade might be my second favorite. I know Raiders is seen as the pinnacle of Indiana Jones, but I know growing up, I definitely watched Last Crusade more. Um, I, I, I would agree with you. I yeah. thought Last Crusade was great. We used to walk around as other kids and say, dash for blush for me all the time, imitating Sean Connery as much as we could. It, Last Crusade is just a fun, well-done movie. It doesn't get any better than the scene where Sean Connery is uh, basically using birds as a weapon with the umbrella. I mean, I could like literally watch that scene over and over and over again and smile every single time. Um, that's going to be a very strange matchup in the next round um, because we have Schindler's List against the Terminal. I don't think we need to spend more than 15 seconds on this. The Terminal, a very flawed and forgettable movie, and Schindler's List um, has the potential for a very deep run, although matchups may prevent that. Um, thoughts on the terminal. We'll go deep on Schindler's list a little bit later. Spielberg loves Tom Hanks. Yeah, he does. Every director has their favorite actors, and his is Tom Hanks. It might have been Tom Cruise, but the Tom Cruise movies don't do as well as the Tom Hanks movies. Uh, I liked the terminal. I thought it was clever and quirky, but I mean, Schindler's list. Yeah. You know? Now, I'm not saying as a rabbi, I'm saying that as. Like it won Best Picture, it it's Schindler's List. It, yeah. You're not really going to beat it. Yeah, it's a. Uh, if you just look at the top eight seeds, which we'll get into, um, it's going to be really hard for any movie to beat his top eight by Rotten Tomato score. But you know, I could be surprised. Let's. Uh, I'm not going to list the top sixteen. Actually, I'll list the top sixteen really quick. So a break point in the podcast might do a sound effect here just so people can catch up. We've got. I'm not going to do seed numbers, but we've got ET. Indiana Jones, Temple of Doom. We picked Bridge of Spies, correct? Bridge yeah. of Spies, Saving Private Ryan, Catch Me If You Can, Lincoln, The Post, Close Encounters of the Third Kind, Jaws, Duel, Minority Report, Jurassic Park, Raiders of the Lost Ark, Sugarland Express, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, and Schindler's List. Um, let's jump right back to the one seed, and let's go deep on E.T. versus Indiana Jones, Temple of Doom. Um, again, on this, these matchups, we don't need to spend too much time if it's a pretty clear winner. Um, I, I think ET advances. I think we're both going to agree on that. Uh, anything that we didn't say in the last round about Temple of Doom um, before we just advance ET and go deeper on ET in the next round? I stood back in the day. We went to go see ET as my family on a Saturday night. And we stood in a line in front of the theater to get in and we were four people away from making it into the show because you didn't get time tickets then, you just bought the tickets. So we had to stand there in front of the theater waiting for the next showing of E.T. before we could get in and it was absolutely worth it. I think I saw it five times in the theater as a kid. Uh, I cried every time, I still cry every time. I, I like Temple of Doom very much, but E.T. Uh, uh, is a masterpiece. Completely agree. We can talk more about ET a little bit later. Um, so our one seed ET advances easily into the Elite Eight. Our nine seed Bridge of Spies versus our eight seed Saving Private Ryan. Once again, even though this is an eight seed versus a nine seed, I think we don't need to spend any time on this. Um, Saving Private Ryan was such an achievement when you're talking about that opening battle scene and the pure violence where you literally are getting stories of veterans that are walking out of the theater because they just can't handle it. Um, the performances in that, the cast, the cameos you get where you get like random like Vin Diesel performance popping in and, um, you know, fairly young Matt Damon towards the end of the movie. Uh, we can go a little deeper on that one as well, but 
anything you want to say before we send off Bridge of Spies, other than overall it was pretty boring. It was just better than War of the Worlds. The first 30 minutes of Saving Private Ryan, no one had done that before. And for that reason alone, the power of it, it, it moves on for sure. Yeah. Um, okay, so our eight seed, so we have our one seed versus our eight seed in the next round. No upsets there. Our five seed, Catch Me If You Can, versus our 12 seed, Lincoln. Um, this could be an interesting for you, one for you, because I know you like both these movies a lot. I think the Daniel Day-Lewis performance as Lincoln is one of the greatest performances we'll see in a theater. You forgot it was Daniel Day-Lewis. You totally were like, hey, that's Abraham Lincoln with Sally Field and Joseph Gordon-Levitt. What's Abraham Lincoln doing there? It is a, such a tremendous performance in that film. Um, but I don't, if you told me right now I could watch one of two films, Lincoln or Catch Me If You Can, I would watch Catch Me If You Can. So if we're going by rewatchability, Catch Me If You Can wins. If we're going by the best film that he's done, I don't know what that's defined as, I would go with Lincoln. So I leave it for you, Ben. I think rewatchability, when you're talking about Spielberg, yes, he's got he's got some movies that are just absolutely prestigious and are, are taught in film school. Um, and then he's got movies that are just fun that, like you said, you're going to watch a lot. Um, and, th and the movies that will make it all the way and be in the championship round qualifies both, in my opinion. Um, I don't think either of these movies qualify as both. Um, so I don't think we'll be seeing them in the championship round. Um, but for me, when I'm choosing between something that's prestigious and not rewatchable and something that's rewatchable, but maybe not necessarily prestigious, even though I think Catch Me If You Can is a fantastic movie, um, I think I'm going to go rewatchable and I'll, I'll go with Catch Me If You Can on that. Even though out of the entire list, we may have the best performance losing here in the Sweet 16 with Daniel Day-Lewis and Lincoln. Uh, the Post versus Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Um, you could try to convince me on The Post on this one. I don't think you're going to. Uh, Close Encounters, real quick on that, and we'll talk about it more. This is one of the first movies that my dad was like, I have to show you this movie. I love this movie. This may be my favorite movie of all time. This science fiction, the, the music, um, the tones that the aliens are playing, and just the obsession that you see these characters have. It's classic Richard Dreyfuss. Um, it's such a good movie, and because it is a completely original movie, I think that counts for even more. You can't argue with Close Encounters moving on. It, it's why Steven Spielberg is Steven Spielberg. It's Close Encounters and Jaws are the two films that made him the director that he is to do everything else. And uh, if you haven't watched it in a long time, go watch it in a long time. If you haven't watched The Post in a little while, you're not going to. So... Uh, watch Close Encounters. It goes on. Is the Jaws and Close Encounters back-to-back, -back, is that the best two original movies by the same director back-to-back? -back? I, I would say a, a game to play if you're really bored, and we're in quarantine right now, is go look at the IMDb of every great director of the 70s and look at like their first four or five films and decide who had it the best coming out of the gate. Because not all of them did it coming. Spielberg did have Sugarland Express, but once he got his groove, he understood how to make films, and he made a run of films that barely any other director could match up with. And that wasn't even the end of his great run of films. It wasn't like then he was done. Right. Close Encounters and Jaws, an amazing combo to have made in, in your lifetime. Um. 
All right, so close encounters that moves on. So again, no upsets there. We've got our one, eight, four, and five on the left side of the bracket, and I'll post this bracket online so people can follow along. Our two seed Jaws versus our fifteen seed Duel. Tell me something about Duel that I don't know. That uh, that something you like about it or something interesting. Um, we both know Jaws is advancing. So Duel is basically the same film as Jaws. You know, you're being pursued by this unseen giant monster that you don't understand. Uh, when I started to get into Spielberg, this was the film I had to see. I had to find it somewhere and see Duel because I knew that was when he was put on the map as a young filmmaker. He started making films at 20 years old, 21 years old. He was already directing great TV stuff. Duel is really good. You never really see the driver of the truck. You never really learn why this truck driver is chasing this poor guy down on the road. It, it's left open to you. It's a great film. And Jaws is about as good as it gets. So Duel's a very well, worthwhile watching film. It's not Jaws. We'll, we'll get into this later, but I tell people, you know, when they're saying, what's your favorite movie of all time? Jaws is definitely on that list. I usually tell people it's as close to a perfect movie as you can get. Um, and we'll go a little deeper on that a little bit later. Um, no question for me, Jaws, in that matchup, um, especially since I haven't seen Duel. So good job by you tracking that one down. Uh, so this is a super interesting matchup. Um, our 10 seed minority report against our seven seed Jurassic Park. I love both of these movies. I have seen both of these movies several times. The performances in these movies are incredible. You could maybe argue that the performances in Minority Report were better than the ones in Jurassic Park, but the spectacle of Jurassic Park and what it meant for special effects moving forward that they basically created special effects for these dinosaurs as they were going um the degree of difficulty with that I, I feel like i have to lean towards jurassic park because it's just when you think spielberg you think jurassic park is in the first sentence of the conversation um even though i love minority report and if this was in another matchup a lot of different matchups left in the bracket right now would probably advance i think i have to go jurassic park what do you think so when we talked about me being on, on this podcast, I only watched one film to get ready for it, and that was Minority Report. And that's because I did not like it when I saw it in the theaters, and I haven't seen it since it was in the theaters. So I said, it's many, many years later. Let's, let's give it a try. Uh, one uh, thing I learned about it is whenever Tom Cruise gets his eye scanned in an optical scanner, the sound it makes is the sound they adapted for when you plug in your iPhone to be charged, <laughs> uh, which, of course, at the time, we wouldn't know that. Um, Minority Report's future visioning, you know, once you get past the future that something is at, and Minority Report takes place still another, like, 30 years in the future from now, it's not very good at predicting the future <laughs> at all. So much of it is way off on future stuff. It just doesn't work. And the basic plot that there's these three people who can see the future that nobody ever talks about sort of exactly where they came from and what's going to happen when they die and they're going to make it national. And how are they going to make it national with only the same three people that are overworked in D.C. stopping murders? It, it just doesn't work for me. I, I can see why it works for other people, but it just doesn't work for me. Jurassic Park totally works for me. Even, even the ending with a spoiler where the Tyrannosaurus Rex shows up and saves the day from the Velociraptors. It's great. The villain becomes the hero. And uh, I love Jurassic Park. 
it's just a fun, fun, fun film. It definitely beats Minority Report. Yeah, I, I think Jurassic Park has to advance. Uh, disappointing to hear that you don't like Minority Report as much as I do, but um, I, I also, you know, we came to the same conclusion, so we can move on from there. So our 7 seed Jurassic Park moves on to go against our 2 seed Jaws. Boy, is that going to be an interesting matchup in the next round. Um, 6 seed Raiders of the Lost Ark against 11 seed Sugarland Express. Let's just go ahead and move on. We'll put Raiders ahead into the next round. We, You basically told me choose between Ready Player One and Sugarland Express. Um, we both can agree that Raiders is an amazing film achievement and started you know, one of the best trilogies of all time. Maybe you'll be my guest for the Trilogies podcast because that'll happen at some point as well. Um, any send-off for Sugarland Express, so let's move on. Nope, move on. All right. The Last Crusade against Schindler's List um, could not have more polar opposites when you had the conversation of prestigious film that's a Best Picture nominee, or in this case, a Best Picture winner, versus something that you could watch 50 to 60 times. This is literally, if you looked up those two movie definitions for Spielberg in the dictionary, the two movies you would have. How do you pick between these two? Well, this is really Nazi versus Nazi, if you're looking for it. The two things Spielberg loved to make films about are Nazis and beasts that chase you. Uh, this is the Nazi. Love, this is the Nazi region of the bracket because it also has Raiders of the Lost Ark. I love Last Crusade. I just loved that film growing up. I, I own it. I watched it. I own it in multiple formats. I do not own Schindler's List. I am a rabbi. I have seen Schindler's List once when I saw it in the theaters. Cried my eyes out, unlike Jerry Seinfeld, did not make out with someone while watching the film. Uh, <laughs> Tough beat. Schindler's List is, is just an outstanding film on every way. He did such a great job with it, even though I have no interest in seeing it again. And I will happily, after this podcast is over, go watch The Last Crusade again. I don't see how Schindler's List loses. It is, it is his finest achievement of adult film. And Last Crusade is not his finest achievement of fun film. Yeah, and I think, honestly, the way this bracket sets up, you know, having Last Crusade versus Raiders in the next round would, you know, not be the best matchup. I think Schindler's List, like you said, you know, if you watch the documentary on HBO, this was a story that was handed to him years and years and years before he actually made Schindler's List, and he didn't feel like he was ready, and he, he felt like he needed to learn more before taking the project on because of how important it was for him. Um, I think that says a lot, and obviously it won Best Picture. So it'd be, it would be wrong for us to not have this at least in his top eight. Um, and it'll be an interesting conversation as we'll have a similar conversation in the next round as what we're having right now. Um, we'll just see if maybe Raiders is a little bit stronger. So let's go over our Elite Eight really quick. Um, we had no upsets. So these are the top eight by Rotten Tomatoes. So, hey, critics, you did a pretty good job here. We've got our one seed, E.T., versus our eight seed, Saving Private Ryan. Five seed, Catch Me If You Can, versus four seed, Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Two seed, Jaws, against seven seed, Jurassic Park. And six seed, Raiders of the Lost Ark, against our three seed, Schindler's List. You put those eight movies up against any other director, and I challenge you to find a better director. At least a, a better director that had that deep of a roster of incredible films. And, and that variety. Yeah. Some amazing adult films, amazing fantasy films, and some that are both. It is hard to find a director that has that kind of versatility and success over the course of his career. So these are all going to be tough. I don't think any matchup going forward is going to be easy. Um, 
we'll try to do this as quickly as possible. Um, so we'll start our Elite Eight with our one seed ET Extraterrestrial against our eight seed Saving Private Ryan. This is one of those where you have a, a you know, a completely unique story in ET um, that was completely crafted um, just to be a movie and uh, is incredibly rewatchable. Saving Private Ryan out of war movies is actually, you could consider a little bit rewatchable, but still a little bit of a tougher hang than E.T. Um, our one seed versus our eight seed. What do you think? Saving Private Ryan has that amazing first 30 minutes that is just so tremendous. As you said, it, it brought post-traumatic stress disorder flashbacks to veterans who were in the theater. It was so, I remember watching the theater and just being, watching people's arms being ripped off, blown off. It was so powerful. And then there's the remaining two-thirds of the film. That's good, but it's not great. E.T. is great. Now, Ben, I was 11 when I saw E.T., so I totally connected with Elliot, and I wanted to be Elliot. I wanted to find an alien in, in my uh, a house. I just connected with those three kids living in Arizona, uh, although I was living in Brooklyn, I think E.T. is a masterpiece. I think Saving Private Ryan has a great first third, and then it's just okay. So it's probably our bad on this that we are 40-ish minutes into this podcast, and we have not mentioned John Williams' name. Um, yeah. I did not I, – I watched E.T. obviously when I was younger, but I did not rewatch this until probably five, six years ago. And since then, I've seen it probably half a dozen times. The soundtrack and score for E.T. and the moment when they are escaping and that music kicks in and those guys roll out on their bicycles in that chase scene, um, I'd put that up there with almost anywhere on this entire list as far as – scenes that just I rewatchable scenes um that I I just want to turn on that music in the background while I'm doing something that just kind of gets me hyped um the adventure and the excitement that you feel um obviously when you watch this as an 11 year old but even now is just like the hope that you feel as as that scene is is transpiring and and it's not just that scene like you said saving private Ryan it's stacked towards the first 30 minutes it's very slow in the middle of the movie before the last battle um it's just this is et running away from me saving private ryan and every look this is not a we're not shooting down any of these top eight movies all these movies are incredible films we'll start there um we're doing a, a single matchup here that's part of brackets uh et's got to move on i i love that movie and i've seen that movie now close to 10 times at least i'm sure you've seen it more than that and when you want to show your child a movie you're going to be so much more excited to say, hey, let's sit down and watch E.T. in five or six years than you are in 25 years to say, hey, let's sit down and watch Saving Private Ryan. Yeah. And I'll, the fun story about this, my wife um, had not seen E.T. all the way through until um, we were together because she was scared of E.T. And she refused to watch it for a long time because she's like, gross. I, don't, I, don't, I just don't like that. And then I finally got her to rewatch it and just she was blown away. Absolutely loved it. And it holds up. You know, that's a movie made in what, 15, 16 years before Saving Private Ryan and absolutely holds up. Uh, all right, so our one seed advances, our five seed, Catch Me If You Can, versus our four seed, Close Encounters of a Third Kind. Again, this is going to get repetitive. Both fantastic movies. Um, completely original story, Close Encounters versus um, 
based on a loosely based on a true story, I believe, on Catch Me If You Can. Um, acting performances for both of these movies, absolutely incredible. I think Close Encounters has to move on because it's original and just part of that one-two punch with Jaws. And it's like, all right, what's your follow-up to Jaws? Or is this guy really a one-hit wonder? And then he comes out with that, and it just kind of launches him into the prime of his career as we go into the 80s. To me, this is this is a hands-down answer, but I'm willing to hear your argument. I saw Close Encounters, and I was a little too young to see it. And it really scared me. Uh, I, I didn't understand it. It's not a fun fantasy film like E.T. It's a much more serious uh, adult film. It has fun parts to it, but it's very serious. Uh, I was very scared by it. Uh, of course, I've seen it a half dozen times since then. And as I get older and older and older, I, I'm able to understand it even more and, and a, relate to the Richard Dreyfus character and why he was willing to be obsessed this way and why he was willing at the end of the film to go into the spaceship and leave his family behind, which is a very troubling thing. It's sort of the opposite of E.T.'s ending. Yeah. Elliot doesn't go in the spaceship, and he does go. Uh, I uh, totally think Close Encounters is a superior film to Catch Me If You Can, even though I very much like Catch Me If You Can. So we just eliminated the last two Tom Hanks movies on the list <laughs> with Steven Spielberg. Not anything against him. He was in a lot of movies on this list um you know for for the reasons i said i just think the because it was such an original film and we hadn't really seen anything like it um uh, at close encounters so again no upsets that's our one seed versus four seed in the final four this next matchup might be for me the most difficult matchup in the entire bracket when i saw the seedings from rotten tomatoes when i built this bracket i saw this and i even texted you about it leading up to this that this could be my championship matchup. I see Jaws as a nearly perfect film. I got to Jaws late in life because I wasn't really a fan of scary movies and I always thought it was just basically a horror film. Once I got past that in my head and I watched this probably sometime in college, I've seen this movie 25 to 30 times at this point. Um, I just There's so many innovative things happening. Um, his patented, I'm doing one continuous shot for several minutes in this film happened several times in jaws and throughout his career specifically the shot on the ferry where you're kind of just rotating around as the mayor is talking um you know with the police chief about like we're not shutting this town down are you kidding me um the camera work the last third of this movie i could rewatch every day of my life it is perfect um and the acting performances and then you put it against jurassic park which is iconic and like we said in the last matchup is reinventing the wheel as far as cgi and using computers in movies and you know welcome to jurassic park and the wonder of seeing those dinosaurs for the first time it it's not it's both these movies have maybe slightly slower moments but you could argue that jurassic park maybe flows just a little bit better and there's a little bit slower moments in jaws i don't I don't really know. This is the toughest matchup for me. I really want to hear your argument. This is when when I was thinking about this podcast and bringing you on, and I saw this matchup. I was like, I want to hear Mark's thoughts on this because I don't think I can decide this alone. So Jaws, as anyone who knows anything about Spielberg knows, is the film it is because the shark kept breaking down. 
and they couldn't do. If he had been able to do what he wanted to do with the shark, Jaws would have been a mediocre film with this giant shark like so many other monster movies in the sea are. But because the shark kept breaking down, they couldn't, they could just hint at the shark, like the barrels that they shot and attached to the shark was because the shark wasn't working, but they could make barrels work. That combined with John Williams' score, I mean, there's such a simple few notes to make the whole thing, and then the score that goes on, makes Jaws absolutely terrifying. And I don't like scary movies, but it's terrifying in a way I'm okay to watch. Uh, Jurassic Park isn't nearly as scary, although watching it in the theater with the velociraptors chasing the two kids around the kitchen was pretty terrifying because he put kids in danger. And Spielberg loves to put kids in danger. Um, so in terms of scariness, Jaws wins. Uh, in terms of fun family films, Jurassic Park wins. And Jurassic Park obviously has the superior special effects uh, than the mechanical shark that was the best they could do in the 70s. But Spielberg was just learning what he's doing in Jaws, and he came out with that. He came out with such great performances by the three lead male actors in that he, he, he was willing to have them die. They didn't all survive. Jurassic Park, all the main characters live. So it's a much more happy, fun thing. You know, Jurassic Park is cute, but, you know, a character gets eaten while he's in the toilet. You know, Wayne Knight falls down a hill. It's, it's a little more goofy and silly. It's a great film. It's so clever and creative. And look, both of them created a lot of sequels, and their sequels are not that good yeah. uh, for both of them. So good for both of them. They created Empires. I think they're both tremendous films. But for me, Jaws is just the better option. It is the one that really carries it through. Maybe not as the more fun film to watch. It's certainly not so fun, but as just the better experience going to the cinema, I would pick Jaws. It's so good. And like you said, I'm not into horror movies. Um, I won't be doing a horror movie bracket at any time soon. Um, I still jump and I'm scared every single time Richard Drivis is scuba diving and that body shows up every time. I know it's coming, but every time it again, as close to a perfect movie as possible. Um, I'm going to agree with you. And, uh, you know, we're going a little bit chalk on the bracket, but that's okay with Spielberg because um, I feel like for the most part, a lot of the time critics get it right with him. And again, these are all based on Rotten Tomatoes score. Let's jump down to uh, another super interesting matchup, another Indiana Jones film against Schindler's List, Raiders of the Lost Ark, um, our six seed versus our three seed. What do you do here? You, is it the same argument? You can't have not have Schindler's List in the top four? Um, because it was such an achievement? Well, I mentioned during the last matchup that Schindler's List is his best adult film, the best film if you want to go see a serious film. And it shouldn't lose to Last Crusade because that's not his best fun fantasy film. Raiders of the Lost Ark is his best fun fantasy film. Raiders of the Lost Ark is so watchable and so exciting and so fun when you think of Schindler's List, you think of that little girl in the red coat who's going to die. When you think of Raiders of the Lost Ark, you see a guy running away from a giant boulder. Giant boulder beats girl in the red coat. Now, I know I'm going to lose my rabbi card over this because I'm not in <laughs> Schindler's List to go all the way. But Raiders of the Lost Ark is 
such a creative, inventive way of turning what the movie serials of Lucas and, and Spielberg were when they were kids into a, a feature film that, and it has romance and adventure and seriousness, and it praises teachers and archaeology. I mean, okay, he's a little bit of a Western thief of archaeology. He steals, he steals cultural artifacts and takes them back to uh, uh, the Western medicine, Western museums. But Raiders of the Lost Ark is, is just an adventure that I'm willing to take over and over and over again. And again, Schindler's List I've seen once, and I really don't ever want to see it again because that was enough. Maybe that makes it a better film, but Raiders of the Lost Ark is the better movie. Yeah, I mean, you you could argue either way here. Um, if we were doing a Spielberg movies that were just based on pure achievement, Schindler's List probably is the champion. But we're talking about best movie in our eyes, and best movie in our eyes is something that we want to watch again and we want to revisit. Um, it doesn't mean it has to be the most rewatchable movie because um, it still has to be a a great movie and seen as a great movie from the outside. But uh, I tend to agree. I, I feel like you have to have a representative from the Indiana Jones trilogy in the final four. Raiders is mostly regarded as the best movie. Again, I have it very close with Last Crusade, but I think you have to have Raiders in there in the final four. So super interesting final four. We only have one upset with our six seed Raiders of the Lost Ark. That goes up against our two seed Jaws. And then our alien side of the bracket, we have our one seed E.T. versus our four seed Close Encounters of the Third Kind. We're here almost an hour into the podcast. We only have three matchups left. E.T. versus Close Encounters of the Third Kind. I... Pick between those two. Uh, I don't think you have a loser out of those two. My my gut reaction is that he learned from Close Encounters of the Third Kind and overall came out with a better movie in E.T. Um, again, another original. Incredible performances. Uh, the What he was be able, able to get out of those kids um, in E.T. was pretty incredible. I really enjoyed watching the documentary and just how he was interacting with the children to to get the best out of them. Um, the feeling I get watching E.T., it may be my favorite feeling out of all of these movies left on the list. Um, for me, the one CDT advances. What do you think? If you've never seen the screen test for Henry Thomas, who played Elliot, it's available on like YouTube where he gets the job. It's It's a tremendous thing to see about a child actor and how Spielberg could get a performance out of a child actor and how good an actor Henry Thomas was at 10 years old. To me, E.T. has a ride at Universal Studios. Close Encounters does not have a ride at Universal Studios. E.T. wins. Moving on. I mean, look, we've talked a lot about Close Encounters. It's it's up there in the top four or top five. It made it to our top four. Um, but I, I think E.T., I think Spielberg and I, I see E.T., um, all right, Jaws versus Raiders of the Lost Ark. Good luck here. Um, one thing I'll say is uh, an executive producer role for Steven Spielberg in one of my favorite movie trilogies of all time, which is not going to be on this list because he didn't direct these films. Robert Zemeckis did. Uh, Back to the Future. You get a Back to the Future. Uh, you get a Jaws reference in Back to the Future 2 um, with Jaws, I believe, 31 or 33 playing in theaters in the year 2015. Um, thankfully, we didn't get that many sequels in real life. Um Jaws is very much in mainstream culture, and um, you think of Jaws every time you go to the beach. Um, I, I think about Jaws more than I think of Raiders. 
I think Jaws is closer to a perfect movie, even though Raiders is a much more fun movie. This, I, I, I don't know how you choose between these two. I, uh, my, my gut is Jaws, and then we have our one seed versus our two seed, which is kind of boring, but I just, it seems so close to perfect for me. Um, but so does Raiders. What do you got? Well, I mean, they're both iconic. They're both among the fabric of the American movie going that have entered into culture all over the place. And that Boulder scene has been mocked and imitated over and over again, too. Jaws is just an easier film to, to do. Jaws is certainly the right answer during a pandemic because you have the mayor saying, I'm not going to close things. We're going to keep it open. So many memes. economy is more important. Yeah, so many memes so, out of that. Yeah, so that's a little more important. Certainly of all the films here, I think this is where John Williams makes both films. I mean, Schindler's List has an incredible score. So do many of these others. But Jaws and Raiders of the Lost Ark both have immediately recognizable John Williams scores to them that everybody could hum right now in, in their own homes. Um, in my office at work, I have a shelf with three objects on them. It's the Ark, a miniature Ark of the Covenant. It's the Sankara Stones from Temple of Doom. And it's a copy of the uh, uh, cup from The Last Crusade. Uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark, for me, is the film that brings back my childhood in as much a way as any film except one other film on this list that we will be getting to soon. I adore Raiders of the Lost Ark. I watch it all the time. I do not watch Jaws all the time like you do because I'm not a psychopath, apparently, like you are watching a shark movie eat people over and over again. I'm instead watching this happy, fun adventure where people's faces get melted off because they open up the Ark of the Covenant. Um, uh, I, for me, Raiders of the Lost Ark is the best Steven Spielberg film. Um, I put it down as my winner before I even started doing the bracket when I was doing my own. And for me, it's the greatest. I can't argue the greatness of Jaws, and you're the host, so... You get to choose whatever you want. But for me, Raiders of the Lost Ark would have gone all the way. I think I think just for the fun of the podcast here, I think I might have to disagree with you. I the, Personally, for me, it's Jaws over Raiders, even though that probably, for me, would be the champion. Either of these would be the champion over E.T. just barely. Um, I definitely think we came to the conclusion here of the top three. I'm going to go Jaws just because um, I want to be the contrarian. And um, I just, I think the overall, while while Raiders is the more fun movie and is the peak of Harrison Ford's powers, um, absolutely love him in the Indian Jones trilogy and especially in Raiders. Um, the performances you get, out of the, the those main three in Jaws and that scene of them comparing scars in the boat and just the eeriness as the boat's rocking and just waiting for that monster to show back up. I, I Just perfect filmmaking for me. So that's why I'm picking Jaws. Um, so now I've got a matchup that you weren't prepared for, which is Jaws versus E.T. for the champion, and you got to pick between those two. So let's hear your argument. Well, it's E.T., uh, ET at, at, uh, Jaws was the biggest moneymaker of all time when it came out, and then Star Wars was the biggest moneymaker of all time, and then ET was the biggest moneymaker of all time, uh, and not that many years apart. Uh, not that box office does anything or Oscars mean anything in, in the real world. ET transports you to 
to a place we all want to be. We all want to be Elliot. We all want Elliot actually to go on the ship at the end of it to see what the world's like. And there, there was a, a sequel that uh, El, uh, uh, E.T. and the Green World, I think it was called, <laughs> uh, that they worked on and never could get it together, although the ride at Universal hints at it. Uh, E.T., you know, they both are so tremendous, but a shark is a real thing. There are sharks. They're scary. Nowadays, we have Shark Week, and we see sharks all the time. But E.T. was an alien that was good, that was kind. All the time in movies, aliens are bad. Aliens are war of the world. They're just monsters trying to destroy us all, just unthinking monsters. E.T. was an intelligent creature we could relate to. He got drunk. Uh, He got Elliot to kiss Erica Alaniac before Erica Alaniac was famous. That scene where he's hiding in the stuffed animals and and the mom doesn't see him hiding among them. There's lots of Star Wars references in E.T., including Yoda making an appearance. Uh, E.T. just transports you to being a child. Jaws transports you to being terrified that a monster is going to kill you. And I would rather go to the world where I'm transported, where aliens are good and happy and my friends and can heal things. The only downside about E.T. is that Melissa Matheson, the screenwriter, who at the time was Harrison Ford's girlfriend and later his wife and then later his ex-wife, E.T. has a lot of uh, Christian symbolism in it. E.T. is a symbol for Christ. And, you know, as a rabbi, that's not my favorite thing about it. But I'm willing to overlook that because E.T. is just, when E.T. dies, and I was sobbing, and I still sigh every time E.T. dies, and then he he pops up and the red light shows up and he go home, phone home, phone home. Flying in the bicycles, as you said earlier, Ichi just transports him to a place I want to be. Jaws transports him to a place I'm quite terrified of. So for me, I would go with Ichi. My problem with that argument is that Jaws is by far the best shark movie ever made and E.T. isn't the best alien movie. That's clearly Galaxy Quest or Independence Day. So, no, I'm kidding. Um, I think, I feel like I'll I'll give you this one because I overall, my movie-going experience, even though Jaws is a a near-perfect or perfect movie, um, like you said, not exactly the one that is going to be lifting your spirits throughout the movie, and Ultimately, I want to have fun and enjoy the movie-going experience. And like you said, the place you go to while watching E.T. is is so fun. And you just, I feel like I walk out of it with more energy. Um, so I think we'll, we'll go with E.T. as our winner, which I guess would be your number two overall seed if you're looking back at how you would have ranked these. Um, any closing thoughts as we just broke down every main Steven Spielberg movie over his entire career coming out with... E.T. versus Jaws, Jaws versus Raiders, and Close Encounters rounds out our top four. E.T., our winner. How do you feel? I think, as you said, you know, our top eight was fine. I would have been fine with any of the top eight, and I don't think there's so many directors that you can say that about. The rest of his films, maybe not quite as much, but Spielberg has put, has changed cinema forever with his works as director, to some extent his works as a producer, uh, as a, a, a company owner, a movie studio owner, but really the main movies he made are all great. And frankly, Raiders of the Lost Ark, Jaws, E.T., Close Encounters, Schindler's List, I was to- I'd was i be totally fine with any of those being number one, two, three, four, or five. They're all 
tremendous films and and we are grateful that we grew up at a time we got to see these ourselves in the theaters I think if you walk up to a random person on the street and you said, what's your favorite Steven Spielberg movie, you would get a wide variety of answers that would almost all fall into that top eight. Um, I think you you could definitely look at someone strange if they chose the BFG as their favorite Steven Spielberg movie. Um, I think E.T., Jaws, Raiders, Jurassic Park, Raiders of, you know, I, I think Close Encounters. You're going to get that answer a lot. A lot of people will say Saving Private Ryan. I don't think you can go wrong, like you said, with the top eight. I'm excited that we got down to the proper top eight, and I'm happy with our champion. I think E.T. is maybe the most fun movie on the list, and it definitely brings the warmest feeling um, as you walk out of the theater. So um, this was a lot of fun, Mark. We'll have to do another – we'll find another movie theme to cover at a later date. Um as you know, once we get a lot more guests in here, but I think you could be a repeat guest down the line, hopefully not from quarantine in New York. So um, we wish you luck. We hope you stay healthy there and uh, we appreciate you coming on the podcast. Thanks, Ben. It was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. All right. Until next time.